You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Welcome back to Overcome the Overwhelm podcast. I am, I'm going to apologize right off the bat. I don't have much of a voice, (laughs) but I'm here and I'm in a great mood. So it's going to be a fun episode. I'm really excited. Um, If this is your first time, welcome. I am Lauren Lowry. I am a certified life coach, host of this podcast, obviously, and I'm a fellow special needs mom. So I I do just want to start out by reminding you guys that if you are wanting to sign up for spring sessions of Overcome the Overwhelm, that window closes in less than a week. So February 23rd will be the last day you can sign up for the spring sessions. So Overcome the Overwhelm, if you're not familiar, it is my 12-week one-on-one coaching program. Uh, It takes special needs moms that are living in survival mode, and I help you get out of it and into a life that is not controlled by stress and is not controlled by overwhelm, and we're kind of going to go into a little bit of that today in today's episode too. So if you want to learn more though about the program um, or you you are ready to sign up, you can just go to my website lowerylifecoaching.com and I will also include that in the show notes too for you so but it's l-o-w-e-r-y lifecoaching.com so pretty easy (laughs) so okay we talk a lot about things that you can do to get out of survival mode right um you know or prevent caregiver burnout which guys by the way is the same thing (laughs) I don't know if I've ever said that before but survival mode is caregiver burnout But anyways, so today, I want to talk about some of the things that you should stop doing if you want to stop living in that chronic stress state. So some of the things that are kind of keeping you there. And before we get started, I I just want to like touch a little bit more on that living in survival mode, you know, that state of fight, flight, or freeze, you know, and how that is burnout. So those terms are, you know, they're for for the most part, they're fairly interchangeable. And for the sake of this podcast episode, I will use this term survival mode because I found that it's a little less intense in the connotations it can bring about it. You know, I think moms hear a lot of times they will hear the term caregiver burnout and it can bring up a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. Like, oh my gosh, I have caregiver burnout. I'm not a good mom, you know, must mean I'm, I'm failing, whatever. Like, it comes with a lot of that, right? Even though none of that is true at, at all, at all. But both terms are defined as living in a chronic state of fight or flight or freeze mode, you know, due to chronic stress. And living in this state can lead you to feeling overwhelmed. It can lead to anxiety, lashing out, you know, feelings of anger, shutting down, not feeling present, all sorts of things actually lead to full-on addictions even. Um, And when we're living in survival mode, we're thinking from a place that is not great at problem solving, like at all. (laughs) We're living in what's called our primitive brain. If you have been listening to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about when I talk about the primitive brain. That is kind of like our downstairs brain. Um, That's our survival mode brain. And it's that, that part of us, ladies, she's not great at problem solving. (laughs) And this can make caring for a child with special needs that much harder, right? Because every decision, every task you have to do 
it's like trying to run through like really thick knee deep mud. I made this analogy today on like one of my Instagram posts. So I just want to share it here too because it's so perfect. I just think it's so perfect for how it feels. You know, whenever you're running in like, I mean like up to your knees, thick, wet mud, it's just really hard to do, right? I would much rather if I have to run, I don't love running, but if I had to run, I'd much rather run on dry, solid dirt. Or even better than that, I would rather run on like some nice, soft, you know, beautiful green grass. Because whenever you try to run through really thick, deep, gross mud, it takes triple the amount of effort. Possibly more than that. I'm going to say more than that. It, but we'll go with triple. It takes triple the amount of energy. It takes triple the amount of effort, like I just said. And it can feel like no matter how hard you're trying, you just can't keep up. Like all the other, if you're in a race and the other runners are on dirt or grass and you're in the mud lane, it's like, oh my God, how are they doing this? How are they just running so easily? I'm about to die and I've only made it three steps. What the heck here? This is rigged. You know, like this is awful. I can't do this. This is exhausting. Yeah. And that is exactly how living in survival mode can feel. Like running through mud that is up to your knees. But whenever you get out of survival mode, whenever you stop living there, it is like running on that grass. Yeah. The pretty green one. The lush one. Like, like springtime grass. It's easier. It takes way less energy. It takes way less effort. And you can be more efficient. You can get more done when you're running on grass, right? You can get further. You can actually make it to that finish line. You're not going to fall on your face and lose your boot in the mud. I don't know why you're running in boots, but around here, we, we, we run in boots. I mean, if I'm in mud, I'm in boots. <laughs> but, you know, that's why living in survival mode leads to exhaustion, you know, even if you're getting a full night of sleep, seven or eight hours, you're still exhausted. It's because every single thing you do whenever you're burned out just takes more energy and more effort. It is draining. So, like I said, I want to talk about some things that not that you can do, although we are going to, I'm going to give you some advice on what to do still. So don't worry. <laughs> but I want to talk about things to stop doing if you want to get out of that mud out of that survival mode and you know stop the first one that you have to stop is stop dealing with the stressor but not the stress and what I mean by this is a lot of times we will have something stressful come up in our life you're like yeah uh-huh Lauren every day maybe like 10 times a day there's a lot of stress right you know, a whole caregiving for a child with disabilities. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's a lot of stress. <laughs> you know, but for instance, let's just take one little instance of that, of that normal day. Have you ever gotten one of those, it's a wonderful letter to get in the mail? I'm full of sarcasm right now, by the way, if you just can't tell. <laughs> wonderful letters, you know, that is stating, it's from your insurance company, and it's stating that... They're going to deny a claim because they have deemed it not medically necessary for your child. Yeah, that's great to hear, right? Just love getting those letters. Like, great. Are you a doctor? No? Okay. 
<laughs> We're not going to go down that rabbit hole, guys. I could talk about that and the anger that that gives me. Whew, I could talk about that all day. But if you've ever gotten that letter, you know. You know how much it can make your blood just boil, right? And it can just send you into a rampage of like anger and fear and worry and stress. Like all the things. Now, let's just say that you, you know, you calm down. You, you take a deep breath and you call the insurance company. And you wait on hold for an hour. And you talk to somebody. I don't know how you got a hold of somebody. Tell me your secrets if you got a hold of somebody instantly. But you find out that your doctor just needs to submit a letter of explanation for whatever the thing is that they're denying and we'll all be good. Oh, okay. Crisis averted, right? Well, yes and no. Mostly no. (laughs) You see, the stressor is the thing causing your stress which in this situation was the letter, the insurance letter, that part is dealt with. The stressor is dealt with. And that's usually what we think. We're like, oh, that's it, right? It's taken care of. It's solved. And a lot of times, most of the time, all of the time, right, maybe, this is where it ends. But what we tend to forget, full-on neglect maybe, is the stress. The difference is the stress is the actual physiological response that is within our bodies. Just because you took care of the stressor, which is the cause of the stress, just because you took care of that and that part is over, that doesn't mean that that stress response has just magically disappeared from your body. Because unfortunately, it has not. It does not work that way. And this unresolved stress is exactly the foundation of what causes burnout slash living in survival mode. We're just going to use slash. It's just both. (laughs) Yes, that chronic, it just stacks on top of each other to keep you in survival mode. So what you have to do is manage, is to deal with that stress. You have to close out what is called closing out the stress cycle. And this is literally signaling to your body's nervous system that all is good. We are safe. And moving those stress hormones out of your system. And the absolute best way to do this, uh, they say, and I fully, I agree with this, is through movement. And even better, like the most like intense movement. You know, I'm no fan of cardio. Um, but right now I'm saying put me down for cardio when it comes to stress. Because this is what moves it out of your body the most effective way. Yeah. <laughs> now, it doesn't mean that you have to go for a run. Um, but if you do like to run, that's great do that. But it can also mean, you know, intense movement or exercise or whatever. It can mean like dancing. Okay. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl halftime, how many of you guys got up and danced during that, whatever, 13 minutes it was, however long it was, you felt amazing afterwards, right? Did you not have the biggest smile on your face after that halftime show? If you're a millennial, you did. I know you did because I did. And I felt great afterwards. (laughs) <laughs> now, partly that was because um, those songs were great and it was wonderful. <laughs> and it just took me back to a time in my life that was just simpler, right? It was just nice. <laughs> but yeah, that can be movement. That can be closing out your stress cycle. Put on some 50 cent. Dance your little heart out. Go for a run. Go for a hike. It can mean all sorts of things. Just get your body moving and your heart rate up. 
And there are other ways if movement's just not your thing, or maybe you can't do movement wherever you're at. Maybe you're in the hospital with your child. You can't exactly just, you know, dance it out to Eminem in the, you know, middle of the pediatric floor of your children's hospital. I'm sure the nurses would join you if you did, but (laughs) there are other things you can do. You know, there's things that like mindfulness, there's meditation, there's breath work, there's full-on apps that you can get on your phone to help you close your stress cycle. Now, they're not labeled close the stress cycle apps, although I wish that existed. If you know of that, please let me know. I would love that. But, you know, there's, there's meditation, guided meditation apps. There's breathwork apps. There's tapping. There's so many different things, so many different techniques. And it's just about finding what works for you. There's also things like connection, like human connection and connecting with somebody. Nature, all different ways. You know, but here's the deal. Especially needs moms, you know, we, we can't exactly, we can't control those stressors of our lives, right? We can't control the insurance letters. We can't control all the emotions. We can't control any of that. It's just part of it. You know, we will always have more stress than the average person. So it is vital. It is imperative to actively and intentionally do something to close your stress cycle. Not just when you're like, oh, I'm super stressed out. No, to do it ahead of time. Do it every single day because we go through stress every single day. You know, and being intentional about preventing that, being intentional about getting it to move through your body and making it a habit every single day. It is the only way to not be stuck trying to run in that knee-deep mud. We don't want to be stuck in the mud lane. We want to be in the grass lane. So stop ignoring your stress while only dealing with your stressors. So the second thing to stop Doing is to stop avoiding your emotions like the plague, ladies. Emotional exhaustion happens when we get stuck, and you guessed it, an emotion. And emotional exhaustion leads to, it leads to physical exhaustion. And I would, I would actually just like to add here that I think emotional exhaustion is way worse than just physical exhaustion. Because again, you know, if I was to hike up a mountain, not a big mountain. I don't have big mountains. I live in Oklahoma. But, you know, if I was to go for a little hike up a hill, I'm going to be exhausted. But that's a, that feels good, though, right? Versus if I just had a really hard day and, you know, had to fight and advocate and just whatever, that's worse. Emotional exhaustion, you know? It's just that run down, like done with everything kind of feeling. So how do you stop avoiding those emotions? Well, the first thing you have to do is figure out all the ways in which you are avoiding them. Yeah. And then you have to figure out what emotions you are actually trying to avoid. And then part three, the hardest part, But the most important part is you have to learn how to get really good at actually feeling those emotions and actually allowing them. Some of the most common ways, you know, we avoid emotions is by trying to cancel them out with pleasurable things like spending money, you know, shopping or food or like a bottle of wine or scrolling on your phone or Netflix or whatever, you know, anything you turn to. In response, like in a, like a reaction 
to avoid or like push away yucky feeling. So if you want more details on this, go listen to the, it's a two-part series. I just did it a couple of episodes back on stress eating. They go really into depth of this. But anytime that you're like, today was so bad. I, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna eat this cupcake to make it better. Yeah, that's using the cupcake to avoid that bad day and the negative emotions that came with that bad day. (laughs) Absolutely. So turning to that external thing, the cupcake, that external happiness in order to avoid your own sadness doesn't make the sadness go away, unfortunately. And sure, yes, that cupcake might make the sadness go away for a moment, maybe even for a few hours, I don't, I don't think for a few days. I've never had a cupcake last that long. Um, but let me ask you this. Have you ever had something like really small, kind of dumb, but it just made you madder than hell? Like made you blow up with rage? Yeah, that is a really good sign that there is an unfelt emotion popping up. And a lot of times anger or rage is actually something like fear or anxiety. But how it presents itself in the moment is rage. And it's really never about that thing usually, right? And, you know, a few hours later after you blow up, after you screamed at your husband for, like, leaving the toilet seat up, not that big of a deal, right? You wonder why it made you so mad, and you're like, oh, man, that was a little uncalled for, but it happened. (laughs) It's possible. It's probably actually, because there is something else really going on, not the toilet seat, that you haven't allowed yourself to just sit and feel. Yeah. So what does that have to do with survival mode? Well, it is very similar to the last, you know, number one with closing the stress cycle, um, is that you, you know, if you're worried about an upcoming surgery your child has, there might be a lot of fear there, right? And it's a scary thing, your child having surgery. Well, that fear, even if you're trying your hardest to ignore or avoid it, it's still there. It's still signaling to your brain that things are unknown, things are unsafe. It's still preparing you to fight, flight, or freeze. It's still preparing you for those, those literally those responses. And this situation over and over again with so many different situations in your life, so many different unfelt emotions that is keeping you stuck in survival mode yeah i know we don't like feeling our feelings but we kind of have to (laughs) now the third thing that you have to stop doing if you want to go from surviving to thriving you know i could not throw something else cheesy in here tonight i am in a i'm I'm just on fire tonight i feel fire in me i'm like i'm gonna give you guys all the cheesy metaphors tonight (laughs) The third thing is to stop just going through the motions in life. So how often do you feel like you were just kind of sort of on autopilot? Like, you know, you're about to go somewhere, maybe it's therapy or something, and you put your kids in the car and you go around, get into the driver's seat, you turn on the key or you push the start button and you blink. And the next thing you know, you're there. You are wherever you are going to. And, like, to the extent of, like, thinking, like, well, I hope I didn't run over any furry kittens on the way over here. Because I have no idea. Was I even there? Did I drive here? Did I teleport? Who knows? 
because I was checked out. <laughs> but it's not just when we're driving, is it? Us moms, we have so much on our plates. We have so many thoughts and, you know, to-do lists are swarming around our heads and things that we have to remember. All of that's going on in our minds that we sort of just end up living our lives on autopilot because we're up in our brains just constantly going through all those to-do lists and things. We just do the things, get them done, move on to the next task. Or even better yet, let's do two tasks at once while we're on hold with that insurance company for an hour again. Like, no wonder so many special needs moms struggle with burnout. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. But I've been there. I've been there and I had no idea how much multitasking was adding to my stress. Yeah, I had no idea. I thought I was being productive. But really, I was just making it that much harder on myself. You know, instead of being just task focused and on autopilot mom, like these autopilot mom machines, instead of doing that and living life that way, try practicing a little slow living. I don't know if you've heard of this, but I'm going to explain a little bit. So, and depending on what part of the country you're from, so it might be a little bit more of a challenge than other parts. Because <laughs> I've heard that us Southerners, if that's what you would describe as Oklahoma, I don't know. I'll, I'll self-identify as one. I don't know. We tend to do things, apparently, I don't know. I don't see it. We tend to already do things a little bit more relaxed, I guess, and slowed down in life compared to our coastal neighbors. But slow living doesn't have to mean, you know, the slow Southern drawl with a glass of iced tea on the porch, watching the sun go down. Although... You know, now that I'm saying this out loud, that might be exactly the thing to do to prevent burnout. We should just get a glass of tea and go sit on the porch, watch the sun. Yeah. Okay. Forget this whole podcast, guys. Here's the new, <laughs> new plan. <laughs> no, but seriously, slow living. <laughs> Sorry, it's still funny. Slow living means intentionally slowing down. Even if it's just for 10 minutes each day. Just being intentional about it. And paying attention to your surroundings instead of just zoning out. You know, carve out 10 minutes of your day and just be. No tasks, no phone, no TV, nothing you can zone out on. You know, and make that 10 minutes just for you. You can make, you don't have to just like sit there doing nothing. Like make your favorite beverage. You know, it could be coffee, tea. In my case, it would totally be peanut butter whiskey. As long as you're not using it to avoid emotions. It's fine. It's wonderful if you haven't tried that, if you're a whiskey fan. I'm not a whiskey fan, but it's good. But yeah, just, you know, light a candle, snuggle up on the couch and just sit. Pay attention to that drink you have. Pay attention to the soft blanket and how it makes you feel. Pay attention to how the wind sounds outside. Pay attention to just your breathing. Just find the joy in that little calm moment. You know? And there are a million different ways that you can practice slowing down in your life. Not just in this 10-minute carved out of wonderful peacefulness. It sounds, it sounds wonderful, though. It's right up there with sitting on the porch watching the sunset. But even if it means just being mindful of not trying to do two tasks at once. Yeah. I know we have a lot to do. I get it. Trust me, I get it. But it is so much easier. I am telling you guys, it is so much easier 
to get those things done when you are not in survival mode. Remember the mud situation? Yes. Don't, don't try to run mud, guys. We need to learn to work smarter, not harder here. It's a lot more fun that way anyways, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, okay, ladies, that's probably, you guys are probably done with me at this point. So I, that's all I have for you tonight. I had a lot of fun with this one. I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you guys next week. Goodbye. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week.